0: Back Talk is an extension of the long-running, award-winning movie review show, It's Movie Time, which airs Fridays at 4.01 and 8.01 p.m. on WCBE 90.5 FM, Columbus, Ohio. Hosted by John DeSando, this podcast version features additional content and banter with guests. I'm John DeSando. And I'm KG Klein.
1: And this is Backtalk. Boy, do we have a movie today.
0: Oh, do we have one. <laughs> uh, th- this has got to be the most provocative movie to come out this year.
1: Oh, and in many years. I mean, except for Terry Gilliam and... Uh, who were some of the others who would, would have movies like this?
0: Oh, there's not many. There's no. not many. And it, I've been thinking, how do you describe this movie? How do you compare this movie to anything else? There is nothing else to compare this movie to.
1: Well, unless we say the title, there won't be anything.
0: <laughs> we're talking, of course, about poor things. <laughs> All right. It's on many
1: people's top of their lists, not your regular theater goer it's going to be people who are really into movies and no matter how strange they can be
0: and not afraid of controversy
1: no and and so poor things has been touted for a long time it's just recently coming out and so we we thought for sure and i know you've been warning me about it and you were quite right it's a delight it's a uh, a fantasy it's rambunctious it's lascivious it's it's outrageous <laughs> it is just about any adjective you could have
0: well, can you give me a short? Well, I'll give you a short in that it is a Frankenstein story, but it is a Frankenstein story in which the monster is a young woman. Yes. And the monster is a young woman discovering herself and going through all of the experiences from birth all the way up to adulthood over the span of about a year. <laughs> And oh, does she go through experiences. She's been planted with the the, uh, brain of a child. The brain of a child, although we don't want to give too much away. But yes, it is definitely a Frankenstein story, but it is a Frankenstein story if Mary Shelley had been much more of a progressive feminist writer.
1: <laughs> I know. What I like about Mary Shelley is that she didn't know she was, and she wasn't. <laughs> no.
0: No, Frankenstein was the result of a, of a talk at a party right. that turned into the foundation of modern science fiction. Her and H.G. Wells, yeah. probably more than anybody else. Yeah.
1: Well, and, you know, this stars, it is anchored by stars, uh, LA, La La Land's. Emma Stone. Emma Stone.
0: Columbus Columbus local and original. Yes,
1: and you know, I couldn't find
0: that in her bio.
1: They didn't mention Columbus. She was
0: born and raised, if I'm not mistaken,
1: in Bexley. I thought so, too. Now, listen, Ken, I'm going to give you a side note. Now, why is she so good? She's so good because she's so talented. But I also knew when I saw that she made a flat. She made $22,500,000 for La La Land and plus plus
0: on the back end. So she did well from Lola. Uh,
1: wow, wow, wow. <laughs> and I did be, you know, wow. Oh, that's tremendous. That must yes. have been more than, uh, was it Ryan
0: Gosling? Or... I would imagine so. Wow.
1: Well, anyway, though, that tipped me off that we maybe have a major talent here.
0: Oh, she's definitely amazing. She is an A-list talent. Uh, she has been recognized. She's, and this is definitely a film that's going to put her much closer to taking home that, uh, that statue.
1: This is what they call a picaresque. So it's a story about the, usually a young person travels around the world. Also, the other term would be bildungsroman, Roman, which would be the, the growth of the major character in travels around the world, as in Candide.
0: But this is such a controversial and provocative film because there <laughs> is, well, let me start by saying, as I was walking out of the theater, there was a couple to the left of me and a couple to the right of me. And the couple to the left of me, the woman was saying, Honey, that is the best film we have seen this year. Well, the couple to the right of me, the woman, was saying to her boyfriend, Is that not the worst movie you've ever seen in your life? And that's when I knew we had a film here. This is the kind of film that is a delight to review. It's a wonderful film to be a film critic for because you're never going to have a Oh, that was okay. This is not going to be a film that's going to be just, you know, just just something you don't think about after a year. This is a film that will stay with you for your lifetime.
1: And this is going to strike fear into the heart of every puritanical (laughs) theater-goer because... Delightfully, Emma Stone is naked a great deal of the time, fully naked.
0: There is a tremendous amount of very graphic sex in the film. Yes. The the point what we probably need to address is as she is a child growing up in an adult body, she is learning, she is discovering the world around her, but she is doing so with no shame. She is completely devoid of shame. So whatever feels good, whatever tastes good, what could possibly be wrong with that? How could you not as she says, want to do this all day. She exclaims the joys of sexual pleasure. Yes. And she yes. can't have enough of it. And Because she has no repression, no shame, and dare I say, no religious convictions <laughs> to stand in her way. <laughs> and as she's growing, she's meeting men who are drawn and and strangely fascinated in this Victorian era to this woman who... Is devoid of, dev- of Victorian uh, uh, oppression and Victorian repression, and she is a breath of fresh air to them. But ultimately, her exuberance and her open mindedness is destroying everyone around her because they just don't know how to adapt to that.
1: You know, and mentioning uh, Mary Shelley's cluelessness about her own feminism, we have here a real paragon for anyone who wants to claim that a film is about liberation for women and equality for women. It is boldface, right in your face, that women should be allowed to be free and equal. And her biggest playmate is a uh, favorite actor of Mark mine. Ruffalo.
0: Oh, my gosh, no longer playing the Hulk.
1: Oh, I know. And what it, even his name, the names are, are terrific. He's Duncan Wedderburn.
0: Duncan Wedderburn. <laughs> And of course, <laughs> Emma Stone is Bella Baxter. <laughs> yes. And the marvelous, marvelous oh, uh, Willem Defoe playing the role of God, which is how Bella Baxter describes him because that, he gave her life.
1: And because his name is Godwin, and as she's just learning how even to speak, she shortens that to God. To God. And we, you could see the satire coming out. And he right. does
0: not stop her. <laughs> he does not.
1: <laughs> uh, and uh, Defoe. Uh, Who is just he just brightens every film he's ever in. Didn't need to have all that makeup. No, but it works so
0: well. It works so well. (laughs) He actually looks like the Frankenstein monster. He looks (laughs) like the Frankenstein monster, even though he is the creator. He is (laughs) the scientist. He is Frankenstein. Yes. 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 So Just just an amazing film, but a film that is going to be very divisive. There are some of our listeners out there that are going to just love this movie, and there are some of you out there that are going to hate this movie. So it's very difficult to, for, to promote this because I love this movie, I want to tell you to go see this movie, but I do so with the understanding that a lot of you out there are going to go and go, oh, what was that?
1: And let's, let's uh, remind our audience that it is nominated for Best Picture by the
0: Golden Globes. Golden Globes, Best Picture, Best Actress. And I supporting will, Actor. Supporting Actor. And when it comes time for the Oscars, I think you can see this film on the Best Picture list. I suspect it's going to be on Best Actress for Emma Stone. Uh,
1: I, think, I, I, I think
0: that's a given. She and you we were just talking about it. Lily Gladstone? Uh, Lily Gladstone. I think it's going to come down to one of the, two, the two of them the other, because this the- is such a brave performance by Emma Stone. And so much of the nudity and the sexuality in this movie was Emma Stone's idea. Mm-hmm. This is This is her idea to be bold and be brave and to make this character something memorable without any boundaries. There are no boundaries to Although Bella Baxter. she would have been aided and embedded by Yorgos well, Lanthimos, director. He, <laughs> he comments that during the making of the movie, she would suggest something, and he would say, well, that's scary crazy. Let's do it. I did see a clip on IMDb from an interview that Ruffalo
1: and Defoe had. And honest to goodness, they were having so much fun just talking about this
0: movie. Much of this movie was actually improv. Yes. There was a script, but they spent the two weeks preparing and rehearsing for the film, mostly doing acting games yes. and improv just yes. to get comfortable with each other. And then he turned her loose and said, Emma, whatever you're comfortable doing, I'll do it with the camera. And she certainly did not hold back.
1: You, you mentioned Victorian England. We're talking really the end of the century. Mm-hmm. And... How about the set design?
0: Well, this movie is going to be nominated for costume design, <laughs> set design, artistic direction. The, the costumes in this film are just amazing. Right? What, what struck me is that because Bella Baxter is childlike and very reckless with everything, including her clothing, she is formally dressed from the waist up, but from the waist down, she's rarely wearing anything more than knickers. All right, as if she's just lost whatever was there. KG Klein. What do you recommend? Oh, I recommend go see it. Definitely go not see it. Not taking kids? Uh, do not take anyone <laughs> under the age of about 15 to this movie. It is a, how it did not get an NC-17 is beyond me.
1: You're right. You, you, there can't be much, much more. Well, there would be more. Your regular <laughs> pornography probably, would be more. They were
0: probably but... one second of yeah. film away from an <laughs> NC-117.
1: As you were talking about costuming for instance i'm struck by the fact that there are some people who believe that most of those costumes are sexually related that in fact they do describe organs of the body they're they they kind of imitate uh, organs of the body which is something way beyond me i'd have to go back and
0: and you the whole the costumes are just magnificent (laughs) and they are part of the storytelling as they should be the sets are just beyond belief. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, this, if this film doesn't take home the Oscar for set design, I don't know what will. Yeah. Because every moment on screen is a delight. Every moment is an artistic... It's, it's a work of art. This film is a work of art. And so often when you talk about films with strong sexuality, you're generally talking about lower budget movies, And this movie is not that. This movie is not Caligula. This movie is not Solo. This is a strong pro-feminist film with strong sexual content.
1: And I think it, it points up where how far we have come to be able to show this in a mainstream movie. And also, though, how far we have to go. Because we're warning our audience about it. What are we doing? I mean, what...
0: (laughs) Well, I think the people who are going to be the most offended by this movie are the people who have the strongest convictions... Against what this yes. movie is about, I think they might lean right. Yeah, I, I would say that. The, I would say they're conservative. <laughs> I would say people who are have strong religious convictions are going to be deeply offended by the idea that Bella Baxter has no repression, has no uh, uh, no boundaries, has absolutely no problem with the idea of sexuality for pleasure.
1: Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, it's reminding me there is some. Very weak comparison that I can make between this and uh, Lenny Bernstein yep. and, Ma- and Maestro. Yes, There's a man, yeah. an appetitive man, an appetitive man who took his great pleasure in sexuality on both sides, uh, and and never uh, apologized for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but Meister, on the other hand, no nudity. <laughs> Meister, on the <laughs> hand, very very subtle references to the homosexual <laughs> aspects of his life, and not really as in your face as this movie. No, is.
1: and in fact, it's a great contrast between the two. They're both about sexuality one is completely open and the other is closed in a sense that but yet yet it's everybody around bernstein including his wife who has to deal with his sexuality and i think that there's a a pleasure in seeing that what a free spirit he is and yet how difficult it is for our society
0: and both of those movies maestro and poor things the era in which they're set plays a big role in that Maestro, of course, set in the 1950s and 1960s when homosexuality was still very, very much kept under the table. Um, And poor things, of course, being set in the Victorian era, which was an extremely conservative and sexually repressed era. When you think about it, even in my review of Maestro, I forgot that really Bernstein is uh, bisexual. He's bisexual, but you do have to take into consideration that He was expected to be a a heterosexual man, to have a wife, to have children, to hold the position that he had. To have been the conductor of the New York Philharmonic, he would not have gotten that position if he was openly gay.
1: But it's so interesting, Ken that his infidelities were with both sexes. Yes. Most of it, most yes. of the time I was thinking he was just it was with men and his poor wife had to put up with it. And no, no he's having no. It. but it's a different mm-hmm. kind of sexuality isn't it for him. The, the way the film the way Brad Bradley Cooper mm-hmm. presents it is that's his driving force is really his uh, homosexuality. But the way in which his life played out, you could almost say he was bisexual.
0: He had a ferocious appetite.
1: Which reminds me that in Our Poor Things, Bella Baxter uh, doesn't really engage in any lesbian sex.
0: No, no. Well, we do see the one scene with her and the other prostitute. Yeah. Yeah, there's the one scene with her, and that is a pretty graphic scene too, yeah. But what Poor Things does is—well, first I wanted to mention the opening when she is first born— and she is no, looking... We're in
1: poor things again. In poor things again. <laughs> right.
0: When Bella Baxter awakes, and they, the, the camera work in this is wonderful. They used an old VistaVision camera from the early 1950s for this scene. And the batteries were, were not working properly. They were running low as he was shooting down on her face. And when the battery runs low, it means that the film looks sped up. <laughs> so her eyes fly open and... I don't know if you remember, but there was a wonderful production of the of Frankenstein on stage with David Tennant that was shown a lot wow. during the pandemic, where the Frankens where Tennant as the Frankenstein monster awakens on the floor of the stage, and over the span of the first ten minutes, he's wiggling and and, and flailing, and then finally is able to actually get up and stand and it's a huge accomplishment and this movie goes through that same experience as she awakens and discovers the world through the eyes of an infant
1: sure don't forget that yorgos loves the fisheye lens yes and he does, yes and some and he of those does. distorted and lenses are good uh and you know that we need to talk about this greek director i think m- many people first of all might. Chuckle at his name, Yorgos Lanthimos, my goodness, <laughs> hardly an American name.
0: Oh, no. Uh, but also, he's done some very interesting movies. Some very his. provocative movies. Um, I first uh, re- uh, noticed him with a film called Dogtooth. Right. Um, again, a very, very difficult and provocative film with that dealt with child abuse, followed up by The Lobster. Oh, and that's yes. the he, <laughs> th- Wait a minute,
1: now, the, the uh, Dogtooth is the one where he
0: sequesters the family? He, no? he sequesters his two daughters and his son and then brings in people to teach them. Yes. Oh, yeah. I don't want to go into too many details no, about that no, one. Those, all right. But it certainly does play right into poor things. But then he had a couple of good films with Colin Farrell. Well, of course, the big one that got him a lot of attention in the United States is The Killing of a Sacred Deer, Yeah, right. which was a tremendous film with Colin Farrell Uh difficult film to watch, but a lot of people love this movie. I love this movie. If you're going to just watch I think one of his movies, Killing of the Sacred Deer is probably the most accessible.
1: That was the one we didn't first get, Barry Cohegan.
0: Yes, that's the first time he really got noticed in the United States. Uh, Great performance. He's this, this mysterious young boy who has cast something like a curse upon this doctor's family that one of the children must die because... He, the doctor had done a surgery on his father while drunk and caused his father's death. Ken, the title, Poor Things,
1: <laughs> where does that play?
0: Well, it's, of course, based on a book. Okay. Um, and the book is a fascinating in right. its own right because the book, each of the main male characters gets a chapter. And they each each of their chapters are about seventy pages long, and basically each of them tell the story of how they met Bella and how Bella changed their lives and how Bella transformed them and how Bella hurt them. And each story is significantly different because they all had different experiences with Bella. Then the last chapter of the book is Bella's chapter, and it is how what the men. Uh, how they impacted her life and her chapter is two pages <laughs> Which we discover after reading these five chapters about how these men were Influenced changed and destroyed by their experiences with Bella you find out that Bella these men were inc- inc- inconsequential They were nothing to her. Would you say they are the poor things? I would say the men are the poor things. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. because they are completely unprepared because of their Victorian upbringing, because of the repression of the Victorian era. They are totally unprepared for a person who has no boundaries and no shame. Uh,
1: Let's look for a few minutes, at Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: you can't pull off a movie like this without a whacked-out director. (laughs) And some pretty sophisticated acting all right so we mentioned her from la la land and what else has she done this is emma stone uh she was in nothing as 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 uh, exciting as la la land or as strange as this one she was also in easy a early on mm-hmm.
0: uh, and then the help probably her most famous role other than la la land is the favorite Another one of the director's yes, movies. Olivia Colman. Yeah, oh, and that yeah. really opened a lot of doors for Emma Stone. Yes. Um, that and, was a movie with lots of Academy Award nominations. And with Yargos. And with Yargos, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: And also, she's been in your Spider-Man. She was she was in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh,
0: Can that's right. you believe right. that? Yes, that's right.
1: Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. All right, so we know that she's now A-list, super A-list with this yeah. movie. Let's talk a little bit about... A favorite actor of mine who has not yet won an Oscar, Mark Ruffalo. He's been nominated I mean, yeah. several times. Yeah.
0: And be- He started out on the stage. He got noticed on the stage, got into films, did a couple of pretty good films. The downside then was he got locked into the role of the Hulk in the Avengers series and so he became very famous and very popular yeah. over here for best his— Best
1: known for that. Best
0: known for playing the Hulk. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He was also in Spotlight. He was in Spotlight, yes. He's a very talented actor. And, and then uh, along
1: your thesis about him, and I think he has overcome it, he also was in The Avengers. So this, The Avengers and Hulk would seem to be contradictory yeah. uh, I mean, for him as films. Yeah, for an actor
0: as good as he is. Well, when they when Marvel first started casting, they picked really great A-list actors because Robert Downey Jr. just was amazing as Iron Man. He held the uh, the Avengers movies together. He did, and and then you've got who was the fellow that played Hawkeye. Oh yeah, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner, another tremendous actor. <laughs> yes, every pretty much everybody in the Avengers series <laughs> right. was fantastic actors, and then of course you've got um, you've got Doctor Strange being played by um, um,
1: Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict
0: Cumberbatch. <laughs> yeah, so all these wonderful, and most of these are are stage actors, yeah. way above the quality of the material. <laughs> but
1: that's why I like Ruffalo; he seems yeah. to be able to in that. The interview that you obviously saw, too, he mentions that he tried to, in, in a sense, get out of this role. He tried to have them send him away, and then they would put in Joaquin Phoenix. And I always think of Joaquin Phoenix when I think <laughs> of Mark Ruffalo, perhaps because they're the same shape yeah. and because they are such interesting act So we've been praising poor things to our audience, and we've been warning at the same time, yeah. praising and warning. What's the downside of Poor Things?
0: The downside of Poor Things is if you are not prepared for a movie with graphic nudity and graphic sex and an unashamedly approach to, to sexuality, yeah. you're going to really struggle with this movie. And I think that was what I was hearing as I was coming out of the theater, is people who were offended by this movie. And there are some of you out there who will be offended by this movie. But what strikes me about this movie is so rarely do we have a film that deals with sexuality as frankly as this that is also so thought provoking
1: let's say that beyond the sexuality it is it is feminism this it, movie asks you, as oh, yeah. as you can this go.
0: movie asks you to think throughout the movie <laughs> it challenges you over and over again I mean, you can sit back and just watch and take it in as just titillation, but there is so much more to this movie, so much more questions that this movie raises about our society, about our religion, about our approach to morality. It's like the song, the the wonderful John Lennon song, Imagine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It keeps saying, you know, what if there's no religion? What if there's no possessions? And while you can sing that song easily, when you start to think about it, that is a hard, hard, challenging song. And this movie is a hard, challenging movie.
1: Well, Ken, for our WCB audience, it's highly educated.
0: 70% are college educated.
1: I don't think this is going to be a problem at all. I believe that our film-going audience, for sure, will take one 10-second and see where... Yorgos Lanthimos and Emma Stone are going with this, and they can go with it. And I just, I'm, I'm hearing it in what you're saying. Listen, just, just go with it. This is what our artists want us to see, and uh, we're beyond titillation.
0: Be prepared to be challenged and be up to the challenge going into the movie. More things now playing in limited release.